0: Hey boss, how you doing?
1: Good, how are you?
0: Uh, great, you know, it's great, a great Monday evening to be recording a podcast with my favorite YouTuber.
1: Vati isn't here, what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> I like Vati, but you're my favorite.
1: That's like 10 million points right there for you, Nick.
0: Aw, oh, I, I speak the truth, though.
1: <laughs> and tell me, Nick, what are we talking about today?
0: Today we are talking about Ishin.
1: Woo, hi.
0: The central figure, of course, in the lore of Sekiro.
1: Yeah, never met him. Me either. Maybe he's a secret character.
0: Yeah, it's like the moon present. He's a secret character that you have to. You have to eat three umbilical cords to unlock him. <laughs> <laughs> Isshin is the founder of Ishina. It's like... The- The entire game takes place in the land of Ashina. It's essentially its own separate nation. And uh, Ishin is the leader. I guess he would be the equivalent of the uh, shogun, or really more like the daimyo. Because at at the time, Japan was not a a unified nation. Japan was the land, and then within the land were all these disparate uh, clans and tribes, uh, many of which were ruled over by a daimyo. Essentially a local warlord, I guess you could think of Badaimyo as sort of the equivalent of like a local tribal warlord or a clan warlord. It's not to say that they were primitive or unsophisticated. It's just sort of how the society was structured, you know. And at the time, it was the end of the Sengoku period. And the Ashina, as a people, were subjugated to some superior force, which I think is probably the uh, interior ministry that we hear so much about. Of course, whose military apparatus is the Central Forces. But around uh some probably around twenty five years well, no maybe not twenty-five, but like more than twenty years before the game begins, Ishin, you know, his his people have been oppressed for a long time, he's sick of it. So he, he rallies the Ashina together and stages a very, very bloody coup against uh the Central Forces. And it culminates in the opening cinematic that you see as soon as you start a new game in Sekiro. Uh, There's this bloody battle going on, and then it goes to a scene where Ishin himself is fighting this great big dude with a spear. And of course, we don't see any of those in the game. Yeah, we see quite a few of those in the game. (laughs) This great great big dude uh, with a spear called General Tamura. And, And if you notice in the opening cinematic, General Tamura is wearing red. And in the game, anyone who wears red is affiliated with the interior ministry. So that's one thing to support my, I guess, not speculation, but my conclusion, that the interior ministry were the ones that Ishin led the coup against to begin with, you know.
1: So were they founded by Gale?
0: They must have been, you know, Gale sort of <laughs> like, you know what, this whole Dark Souls thing's not working out. <laughs> I went to all this trouble to get this ink because the supply store was closed. And then the Chosen and Dead comes and takes the black ink. And I'm just, okay, I give up on the painter. I was going to go take some time off in Japan to recuperate.
2: <laughs> there we go.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, But anyway, when Ishin defeats General Takeda, at that point, Ishina's has pretty much won the coup, and they've reclaimed their independence from the central forces in the interior ministry. Uh, and It was a pretty spectacular battle, too, and that's just a glimpse into the uh, sheer skill and battle prowess of Ishin. That's is why he's such a freaking hard final boss. That kind of foreshadows that. And then, right after that, you see um, the owl finding Wolf on the battlefield and adopting him as a foster child. Mm-hmm. And of course, not before he cuts his face and leaves a scar on his face. Yeah. I always wondered what was up with that. That's not very good parenting. No, it's like father of the year, baby. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to I'm gonna cut your face and leave a scar on it. How about you come with me and be my son? Yeah. Uh, and then now we fast forward 20 years later. And as the narrator says, Ashina is on the brink of collapse. Ashina wanted independence from the central forces in the interior ministry. Uh, the central forces in the interior ministry never really let up. Uh, they've been sort of poking at Ashina all these years, like they're constantly sending uh, the interior ministry shadows and constantly rallying up bandits to make trouble and provoke skirmishes mm-hmm. and occasionally breach the interior of Ashina and set things on fire like they did with the Hirata estate. And if you wonder what I mean by interior ministry shadows, you know the, the, the one-armed dude who kick and slice and do all the other crazy stuff and poison you and summon dogs and all that annoying stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one arm guys are the Interior Ministry shadows. They work for the Interior Ministry. Um, so whenever you see them, you know, you're not fighting Ashina, you're fighting the Interior Ministry. That's why you see so many of them, uh, at the, especially in the Alternative Memory in the Hinata Estate where you fight Father Owl, uh, you see a lot of them. Because it wasn't just bandits setting the place on fire, uh, it was the Interior Ministry who was uh, pushing in as well. Interestingly, based upon a tip they got from Owl, because he turned traitor to the Ashina clan, but that's another story. Yeah, (laughs) you know so yeah so it's all the all this outside pressure from all these sources has put ashina on the brink of collapse and interestingly genichiro of course tries to make use of the rejuvenating waters and you know become immortal and all that stuff but fear of the rejuvenating waters was one of the reasons that the central forces never really let up on ashina so the very thing that genichiro thought would save them was the thing that was sort of leading to their downfall you know (laughs) Mm-hmm. they're like we can't we can't we can't let these idiots run around with red eyes and tearing up everything because <laughs> you see what happens like the chained ogre doing like the mixed martial arts moves and the usc fighting <laughs> stuff on you drop kicking and suplexing and all this other crazy
2: stuff.
0: yeah like this is japan where's the karate where's the jujitsu, jitsu nah, this dude's using wrestling moves man like rick flair or hulk hogan or somebody out there <laughs> but anyway so that's some basic context uh, that's why asheen is the leader he sort of led the coup and his exploit caused him to earn the the moniker hero of the hero of the northern lands. I think it is everybody loved Iing because he uh he led him to freedom but now, of course things are bad um and it's not only bandits it's not only the interior Ministry shadows but even the even assassins from the Senpao temple are you know coming in and causing trouble and kidnapping people and and eventually siding with the interior ministry and the senpao assassins are those annoying short guys with the bamboo hat. You know, that, that stab you and poison you and do all this other stuff. You're short, ugly, stumpy guys. Uh those are the, the senpau. Yeah, the rats. Exactly, the rats, those are the senpau <laughs> assassins. Um and seeing all these threats, of course, Ishin dons the alter ego of the Tengu of Ashina. Of course, Tengu means crow.
1: Whoa, spoilers. <laughs> Big
0: spoilers. Ishin is the Tengu of Ashina. never mind that you see the costume hanging up in his room <laughs> in the tower. <laughs> 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 you know? like hmm i mean it's enough of a hint that he calls you Sekiro after the tengu names you sakuro and, and, then, and then wolf acts all surprised he's like what it's you yeah he's not the brightest He's like wolf look behind him the costume is hanging up there behind him <laughs> <laughs> poor poor wolf yeah <laughs> but yeah so all these things have kind of come together to to greatly weaken ashina plus you know ishin's failing health has Taking a toll on their morale, and yeah. Genichiro is more or less the leader, I think, at this point for most practical purposes. Ishin is still pretty much. Yeah, yeah, Ishin is still the leader technically, but he's his. Of course, he's healthy enough to run around and kill, you know, strong fighters. But I think he's just abdicated a lot of the day-to-day leadership to, to Ganichiro. Mm-hmm. And Genichiro is probably not quite the same leader as Ishin was, and so there may have, may have been some mismanagement behind it too. Genichiro was so preoccupied with gaining power and all of that, that he uh, might not have devoted adequate time to actually, you know, running things. Um, So I speculate that that poor leadership, or declining leadership, might have had something to do with it as well, not just the outside pressure, you know. It was a combination of things. So that's the context, and so what Ishin's built, sort of crumbling around him, and he sees it, so he dons the persona of the Tengu of Ishina to deal with rats. And for our purposes, rats mean the Senpao assassins, because those are the ones he specifically asked us to kill. Uh, namely, the, the, those three that are kind of gathered around from the castle grounds, talking about, "Oh, Ashina's gonna die, and Ashina's is done for, and all this other stuff." Um, once you kill them, he gives you the Ashina esoteric text, which gives you access, of course, to the Ashina skill tree. Lots of interesting moves there. Uh, you know, some some overhead. I forget the name of the overhead slash, but uh, that's sort of like the, the foundational move of the Ashina style and all the rest of it. And then later we encounter him again at the Serpent Shrine, and once we've learned it, some secret techniques, he'll give us the Mushin Esoteric Text, which is sort of a compilation of all the fighting techniques that he has learned over the years, as he has, uh, well, they actually, the, the description says that it embodies his achievements and drive for power, and for that reason will never be finished, I guess because his drive for power is never ending, so it'll never be finished.
2: Yeah,
0: You know? Yishin was always a warlike person. He always craved battles. When it says drive for power, I don't think it means political power. You know, being the head of the clan is nice and all, but he, he wants to become he always wants to become a greater warrior. I mm-hmm. think that's what power means in this context. Like, He always wants to hone his technique. He always wants to be a better uh, combatant. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why he's always looking for new techniques and always uh, it says he uh, polished his techniques in the blood of his, his enemies. He was always seeking out deadly conflicts so that he could grow stronger and learn new techniques to fight. Mm-hmm. All he cared to do was fight and kill, pretty much. Uh, so he could hone his technique, hone his and become a greater warrior. That was his lifelong ambition. Matter of fact, it says straight out in one of the um I think in the Sword Saint memory that you get once you beat Sword Saint Nishin, it says that he wished for war until his final hour and that is precisely what he got. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So he was a very warlike he cared to do was fight um and grow stronger that way. Polish his technique, hone his skills, all that stuff. So he's a he's a single minded man in that respect. And of course he, he was Renowned is probably the greatest warrior ever, so it, it paid off to a point. And he's a heck of a heck of a final boss, man.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> paid off for sure. Um, but we'll get to that because there's some interesting lore behind the sword thing Ishin fight as well. Uh, but we'll get to that. Okay. Um, interestingly, of course, when we talked about the sculptor, we talked about the Shura ending and how even Ishin says that those who engage in a lot of killing are in danger to become Shura. You know, those who give in to their hatred and bitterness and eventually turn into uh, a monster that. Loves nothing except to kill for the pure pleasure of it and could eventually devolve into something like the demon of hatred. Mm -hmm. Um, For more, please see the Sculptor podcast. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) It seems that Ishin encountered Shura twice in his life. Uh, The first time he actually killed the Shura. Um, The second time he cut off, he saw that the sculptor was on the verge of becoming Shura, and so he cut off the sculptor's left arm to sort of arrest the transformation and prevent the sculptor from turning into Shura. Mm-hmm. So you know, because he didn't kill the sculptor, the encounter where he killed the Shura can't be the same. You know, I don't think, because the sculptor's still alive, obviously, uh when we meet him later in the game. So that th- those were Ishin's two encounters with Shura, and from that he learned that you know anyone who does a lot of killing is in danger of becoming Shura, which is interesting because Ishin probably did more killing than any other character in the game, yet he seems to be in no danger of becoming Shura. Yeah. I, th- I think that I think it has to do with the reason that he killed he
1: loved killing he loved killing
0: <laughs> but it wasn't for bitterness and hatred it was to become a greater warrior and to make and to preserve the integrity of the Ashina clan mm-hmm. yeah you know, so he had sort of different reasons for killing, but the sculptor became the demon of hatred because he, his was motivated by bitterness and hatred, and he held on to that he couldn't let it go, and it warped him into the demon of hatred and the same thing happens to wolf in the in the Shura ending um he becomes Shura. you see the flames. You know, rippling off of them, and then the narrator talks about how a demon roamed the land and how everybody got killed, uh, most everybody. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So so I guess Ishin, with because his focus was apart from bitterness and hatred, but you know, was preserving Ashina and becoming a greater warrior, he didn't have any bitterness or hatred to consume him. He just he just liked fighting and killing. <laughs>
2: you know. There
0: we go. And it wasn't for hatred. He didn't really hate much of anyone. You know. <laughs> uh, as far as we can tell. Interestingly, um, so yeah, so, so y- Ishin, you, you pick up the two combat techniques from the crow, also known as Ishin. Uh-huh. Uh, and another bit of uh, backstory behind Ishin, you've heard of Tomoe in the game. Like, there was an heir of the dragon's heritage before Kuro, uh-huh. and that was uh, Lord Takeru, and his retainer was Tamoe. Essentially, Tomoe was to Takeru what wolf is to Kuro. Of course, Takeru had the immortality of the dragon's heritage. He could pass it on to retainer. That's what he did with Tomoe. And like Kuro, Takeru tried to do the immortal severance and all that other stuff. Ishin speaks of an—and actually, to back up for a bit, for a long time, Tomoe actually lived in Ashina, and she was Genichiro's mentor for a long time. He learned many aspects of combat from her. <laughs> and it, and uh, the interesting thing about Tomei and Takeru is they're really not of this world. Like, they came from the divine realm the translation of heir of the dragon's blood or whatever is basically son of God or son of a God. So that whoever holds the dragon's blood like Takeru or Kuro is in some way descended from the divine dragon itself and therefore imbued with its own immortality. Which I thought was kind of interesting. If you kind of dig into that bit of the translation, it's like, Oh, so we're just talking about the dragon's blood and all of that. It may mean literal descendant, you know? <laughs> Um And the Okami clan is also in some way, descended from the Divine Dragon. You can tell just by looking at them. And there's a lot of lore to sort of substantiate that, which you don't have time to get into here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's theorized that Tomoe herself was one of the Okami warrior women. And those are the weird people that you fight in Fountainhead. Like the weird blue women who you fight in Fountainhead. And that's the Okami clan. And the Ashina had war with them for a time. But uh, Tomoe, whether she was Okami or not, uh, came from the Divine Realm with Takeru, the and they took up residence in uh, Ashina. Um, which happens to be where the Divine Dragon also took root because the, the Fountainhead region is actually in Ashina. And, you know, the, uh, I think the memory for the Divine Dragon or one of the item descriptions says that the Divine Dragon came from the West, which I don't think it means literally from the West. I think the Divine Realm is what it means by the West, like the, you know, the Western paradise of Buddhism. I think that's what the Divine Realm is in this game because Buddhism is such a heavy influence. And so they, that's where they came from. And I, I think that Tomoe and Takeiro kind of came with the Divine Dragon. The Divine Dragon took root and established Fountainhead within the Sheena, and then Tomoe and Takero found their way onto, um, you know, the Hirada estate, and Tomoe was in a position to be Genichiro's mentor. Mm-hmm. Did all that make sense?
2: Yes, yes, it does.
0: And Ishin had a very strange encounter with Tomoe. Very little is said about it in the game. Uh, he says that he nearly died. Like Despite all the battles he's had over his long life, the closest he ever came to dying was the time he... Uh, uh, he fell for Tomoe, I think is how he put it. He's like, I fell for her once. It nearly killed me. That's the closest I've ever come to dying. And I'm like, what the heck could he be talking about? But the game offers really no further information beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, So Ishin had some entanglement with Tomoe that nearly got him killed. Right. Um, anything that goes on in the game, Ishin is is somehow involved in it. Now, interestingly, Ishin figured out how to counter the lightning technique, which Genichiro had to learn from Tomoe. I mean, when you fight him in the lightning phase, it's way of Tomoe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Tomoe is the one, I think, who brought the lightning technique with her. And I think that supports that she's from Fountainhead, she's from the Divine Realm, because you see a lot of the Okami warriors use the lightning technique. So either she learned it from them, or she taught it to them, but either way, it, it's from her, right? Yeah. So, uh, it's of that area. And, and Genichiro himself uses a lot of fighting techniques that you see from Fountainhead. So, like, that, that also substantiates the notion that she was his mentor. The game says it straight out, but I love how they have him use a lot of the Fountainhead fighting techniques, which supports the notion that she was his mentor. You know, they don't just say it and leave it alone. They actually work that into his combat style, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a really nice touch, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, this sort of relationship between Ashina and Tomoe and Takeru, and whatever run-in Ishin had with her, even though she was she was on the estate. She was a mentor to his grandson. Somehow he had an encounter with her that nearly killed him. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what it was. The game offers no clue.
1: <laughs> you Interesting, know? yeah. Maybe it's more like a metaphor. Like, maybe he did fall in love with her, and then it's like, they broke up, and he's like, ugh, my heart is broken.
0: Maybe he fell in love with her, and somehow it just didn't work out, and it really, really didn't work out or if if indeed Tamoe was a member of the Okami tribe it could have something to do with the with the conflict between Ashina and uh the Okami that broke out at some point because you know the Sabimaru is very effective against uh, the Okami and that's the reason it's venerated as a national treasure although I don't really think so because it talks about that conflict as being like of old like it happened a long time ago um in previous generations so I don't think that was it i guess it could be but the way the game talks about that conflict, it's like in previous generations. It's like conflicts of old,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and even to this day, Tatsumi Maru is venerated as a national treasure. So the timeline there's a little confusing. So I don't know. I'm just speculating. Like I have no idea what it was. Um, but we know Ishii knew how to counter the lightning technique because we find the solution in the dojo. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> uh, it's like here, jump, deflect. Yeah. Pretty. Much, I mean, it, it's not exactly what it says, but it's like <laughs> avoid ground, reverse the lightning. Like, okay, cool. Excellent. Um, so apparently, Ishin sort of anticipated that they might need to counter the lightning technique at some point, and the uh, technique to do that was conveniently posted in the dojo inside Ishin Castle. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, and so now Ishin. Yeah. So that's a lot of the stuff behind Ishin. It, it, there's a lot of colorful, like side stuff about Ishin too. Like if you give him the Dragon Spring Sake, he talks about how these fools would keep trying to take it from him. <laughs> uh, one with illusion techniques, which was Lady Butterfly and. Uh, one with his big lance, which is probably a reference reference to Gyobu. Um, and then even Owl would try to take it from him, and of course Ishin wouldn't let him have it. <laughs> because Dragon Spring Sake was so good. Um, a lot of amusing little ant- anecdotes there. And I think we've covered most of the big, important lore about mm-hmm. So I guess we'll come to him as kind of the final boss. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, well, to back up, he's the final boss no matter what ending you get. In three of the four, you fight Ishin, the sword saint, And in the Shura ending, you fight what I'll call old man Ishin, like present-day Ishin.
2: -hmm.
0: And his motivations to fight you are different depending upon what the ending is. Like in in the three, where you fight the sword saint, you may have trouble understanding why he wants to fight you. Because he's grateful to you for defeating Genichiro and sort of arresting his efforts to use the rejuvenating waters to become immortal and do all that stuff. Um, and because Ishin also opposes using the dragon's blood. That's why he wanted Sekiro to, uh, to rescue Kuro. Mm-hmm. And the reason he opposes using the dragon's blood is because Emma speaks of, you know, there was a dragon rot epidemic once before. And of course, the death and rebirth mechanic in the game is closely connected to the dragon rot. Like the more wolf dies and is resurrected, the more dragon rot will spread because he's actually drawing upon other people's life force to resurrect himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's an interesting interesting bit. And so b- once before there was a Dragon Rot epidemic, and it must have been because Takeru and Tomoe somehow assisted the Ashina in in the coup in the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Because the the timeline just makes sense. And then after that year you see that Tomoe became Genichiro's mentor, she and Takeru were accepted and welcomed in Ashina. It must be because for some reason they fought with Ashina in the rebellion. Mm-hmm. And of course, Timoe, or maybe Takero too, died and came back, died and came back, died and came back. And that's what must have led to the dragon rot, right? Mm
1: -hmm. That makes sense, yeah.
0: You see all these pieces kind of come together, and it's really interesting. Yeah. So Ishin is grateful to us for saving Kuro, because he doesn't want to see another dragon rot epidemic. And he's grateful to us also because he doesn't want to see um, Genichiro make use of the rejuvenating waters, which, to put it simply, is sort of a corrupted form of the dragon's blood. That was made by the uh, sick and twisted experimentations of the uh, Stenpao monks in Stenpao Temple.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And, of course, uh, other people dabbled in it, too. I think, like, Dogen, Emma's father, he dabbled in it. He had some research on it that was burnt up. And, of course, Dojun and his imaginary mentor <laughs> also dabbled in it, <laughs> you know. And I say imaginary because you can you can tell, you know... It, Dojun is the guy in the dungeon that you meet.
1: Dojun in the dungeon, yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Dojun in the dungeon, exactly. Uh, When he's talking to his mentor, if you sneak up on him, you can tell he's talking to himself. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so that's why I say he's imaginary mentor. Uh, So different people dabble in it, but it's it's got its origins in the Senpao Temple and the various experiments that they performed trying to uh, obtain immortality. uh, Because that was their obsession. So yeah, so Ishin didn't want anything to do with any of that stuff. Um, especially the dragon's blood because he didn't want another dragon rod epidemic. Uh, that was one of the prices that Ashina paid, I guess, to overcome the rebellion because you've got these immortals helping you, but on, on the other hand, you know, other uh, people are dying because of it. So because he's so grateful to us for all these things, you wonder when he, when when Genichiro slits his, you know, spoiler. <laughs> when Genichiro slits his own throat and Ishin kind of crawls out of there in one of the creepiest cutscenes ever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you're like, why is he, why are you fighting me, dude? I helped you. Yeah. Yeah. There are two mortal blades, both of which can kill the undying, right? Mm-hmm. One is red and it glows red. That's the one we get. And one is black. Uh, we get the red one. Genichiro gets the black one, but the black one has another special property. If, if you look out just outside Isshin's room in his watchtower, you'll find the black scroll and the black scroll doesn't do anything for us. It just describes the black mortal blade it indicates that the black mortal blade's true name is open gate and it actually has the power to open up a gate to the underworld and by extension summon back someone who has died mm-hmm. right which is a pretty incredible power um so what ganichiro does is uh, he sort of sacrifices his own life to open up a gate to the underworld and bring back Ishin, because by this point if you get to the sword saint fight Ishin has is died you know um Emma says that he succumbed to his illness, but some speculate that he actually died fighting the uh, invading Interior Ministry forces. Um, but either way, he's dead.
1: I say Emma killed him.
0: <laughs> Emma might have. Who knows? <laughs> She's like, oh, you're going to become a Shura. And she just kills him. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Of course, she talks about how he keeps sneaking off. Well, I'll keep you from sneaking off anymore. <laughs> just kill him. <laughs> First, that kind of defeats the purpose of being his physician because he's dead, but we won't. Yeah. You know, video game logic. You know, it doesn't have to make sense.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, so Ishin sort of comes back from the underworld. And literally crawls out of Genichiro. It, yeah, is, it's, it is a weird thing to watch.
1: It's something, yeah.
0: It is. Um, like this will jack you up once you see it, but you know. <laughs> and so Genichiro has brought Ishin back from the underworld, and the the memory for Sword Saint Ishin indicates that um, I think this is why these two boss fights with Ishin are so different. Indicates that those who come back from the underworld. Do so at the peak of their quote prosperity, which I take that to be a translation snafu. I think what it should say is strength. So here we're fighting Ishin at the peak of his strength, you know, and and not only that, not only are we fighting Ishin at the peak of his strength, but he uses the lightning of Tomoe in the fourth phase of the fight, or the, the third phase with him, fourth phase altogether because the first phase is Genichiro. Um, he uses the lightning of Tomoe. So I think he's also acquired a lot of Genichiro's prowess as well, because he sort of comes out through Genichiro, right?
2: Yeah.
0: And so he may have inherited some of Genichiro's strengths, including the ability to use the lightning of Tomobi. unless Ishin already knew how to use it in life, and also, therefore, knew how to counter it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but either, either way, it's like we're fighting Ishin at the very apex of his strength, you know? And since he's pretty much the greatest warrior of all time, it makes for a difficult boss fight. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But that doesn't answer you, why does he fight us? Because he should be grateful to us because of all the help we gave him, right? <laughs> well, the only hint as to his motivation is where Ishin says, as he's coming out of Genichiro, he says, pitiful grandchild, this was your last wish, which means, Sekiro, I must destroy you. So I think that whatever act Genichiro performed with the Black Mortal Blade to summon Ishin. Ishin was somehow bound to fulfill Genichiro's last wish. Like, Genichiro essentially gave up his life in exchange for having Ishin fulfill his last wish. Right. I think at this point, Genichiro sort of, he still talked about restoring Ashina to glory and all this stuff, but I think at this point, his one real obsession is to kill Wolf. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like he seems to have sort of gone a little nuts and lost his focus. Like, at the beginning of the game, he actually did things that make sense, if you want to you know, restore Ashina to glory and send off the invasion. But at this point, he's got no shirt on. He's all ragged and crazy-eyed. <laughs> you know, so I think he's just like he's really left off caring for Ashina. He just wants to kill Wolf at this yeah. point. You know, you, you beat me once, maybe twice, depending on how the intro fight goes. <laughs> uh, you know, I just I just want to destroy you. <laughs> Not sure I know why anymore. I just want to destroy you. Yeah. And I think that's borne out by the fact that Genichiro's last wish is for Ishin to destroy Sekiro. Not to fight off the invaders, uh-huh. you know, which would have made sense. Not to, you know, round up all the survivors and, and do, do whatever whatever else. It, no, it's to destroy Sekiro. Uh-huh. And so because Genichiro gave up his life to have Ishin come do this, I think Ishin was sort of bound to destroy us or at least give it his best shot.
1: Yeah, that would make sense. I like that.
0: But in the Shura ending, we don't fight the sword thing because at this point, Ishin is still alive. We fight two bosses at the end. Basically, it's real simple. Like when, when Al confronts us at the castle lookout, you know, of course, you, we have the option to forsake Kuro or stay loyal to Kuro. If we choose to forsake Kuro and side with Al, then it'll pretty much immediately take us into a boss fight with Emma. And then once we kill Emma, poor Emma. Um, and yeah. once we kill her, we'll fight Old Man Ishin, as I call him. That's not obviously his official boss name, it's just Ishina uh-huh. Um But for our purposes, we'll say Old Man Ishin. Here, it's simple. He sees you turning into Shura, and he wants to put you down. Yeah. It's really simple. He's like, I never thought I'd have to kill your kind again, sonny! Get <laughs> off my lawn! Don't t- get my water hose! <laughs> <Get
1: off." laughs> That's literally how it went down. <laughs> get
0: off my lawn! Never mind the sword, he gets a water hose. Get off my lawn! You sure? (laughs) You little whipper snapper, sure? (laughs) (laughs) But that's what he says. He's like, I never thought I'd have to kill your kind again. And the English voice acting is so bad here. Oh, Um, I
1: played it in French. It was pretty good, actually.
0: Oh, yeah, and Japanese is excellent. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Japanese is, is superb. But the English voice acting is so bad.
1: <laughs> My name is Kyobu Masataka Oniwa! <laughs> That's, what are you talking about? This is iconic. That was the best thing <laughs> I ever heard. I was, watched a lot of hilarious. YouTube videos
0: with those words, okay? Oh, I know. Oh, YouTube has made hay of it. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> My
2: name is Kyobu Masataka Oniwa! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Watch some of them with my viewers on stream. but It's hilarious. We have a good time. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, oh yeah, we forgot. We forgot about that. What's your uh, What's your Twitch channel?
0: Oh, it's uh, Cinder Thief. C y n d e r underscore t h uh, i e f, and that's where we have fun and engage in sundry shenanigans. And YouTube and Twitter are the same. Mm-hmm. So yeah, great. So yeah, so it, it's really simple. In the Shura ending, he wants to kill you because you're turning into Shura. Mm-hmm. He's like, I killed one of you, and I'm gonna do it again. And I get over here so I can smack you with my cane. Uh, <laughs> but he's actually a pretty tough boss, even as old man Ishii. Not as tough as Sword Saint, mm-hmm. um, from what I gather. But still pretty tough. Right. He's got this flame attack and the grab attack, and you, you can spam like the thrust combat skill. From what I've seen, but you know, who wants who wants a cheese? I'll just try to fight him straight.
1: Yeah, gotta fight him honorably.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'll cheese Mikolash because I just don't want to chase him around.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't want to deal with a call beyond, at least in like, the higher New Game Plus cycles, but uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Isshin will fight honorably.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, so that's uh, Isshin from as far back to the beginning as we can go, to the end. One last little side note, uh, the seven spears that you see, Yes. Uh, you fight two of them, those were Isshin's most trusted and loyal warriors. Uh, like, each of them had a spear given to them by him. And he gave the lance only to his very most trusted warrior. Notice Genichiro does not have a spear.
2: Oh, burn! Oh,
0: snap. Ish. <laughs> Pitiful grandchild. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. Um. So yeah, and so you, we fight two of them. And so those were like Ishin's top warriors. Uh-huh. Uh, his most trusted inner circle of warriors. Uh-huh. Kind of like King David in the Old Testament had his three mighty men and then his 30 mighty men outside the three mighty men. Well, the three mighty men were like, the inner circle. And so that's what these guys were, the Ishing, like, the, the inner, inner circle of warriors. Um, not necessarily in terms of political leadership, in terms of guys he'd go on the battlefield and fight with, you know.
1: I like how you're all educated and bringing in IRL examples. I was thinking more like, oh, yeah, like Gwyn when he separated his soul or whatever to his knights.
0: The four knights, yeah. <laughs> it, it's essentially, yeah, essentially the same thing. Um, these are his most trusted warriors, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah. Of course, he had the Four Kings, which together shared a fragment of his soul, actually. So anyway, never mind. Um, Everybody's everybody's favorite Dark Souls 1 boss, the Four Kings.
1: Oh, God, the Four Kings, yes. We actually have a patron here about that. Once we reach a certain goal, uh, Rich and I are going to play Dark Souls on Soul Level 1 so we can beat the Four Kings, so he can stop bullying me about it.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) That that should be something, because... I don't think you've still gotten past the four kings. Not not criticizing. I'm saying I do think you got No, no, the it's king. uh
1: no. Four kings are still there.
0: <laughs> they're still there. They're, they'll be there when you when you get back. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: they're waiting. They'll be there when you get back. Um. <laughs> so yeah, that, that sounds like a, so you're safe. Kind of saving that for the patron goal. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs>
1: awesome.
0: I'll I'll look forward to watching this <laughs> Awesome. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. And then one last note about Yobu. Yes. Um, Yobu at one time led a group of bandits. And somehow came to fight Ishin. Ishin defeated him, but Ishin was so impressed by his sheer strength He took him on as a warrior And later, Gyobu became Genichiro's most trusted retainer And the most prone to scream My name! <laughs> <Gyobu>. <laughs> you, know, you know what that You know what that reminds me of? Cool. Like, back when I was in high school, Kid Rock was really, really popular And his big hit song was Ball with the Ball
1: Oh, so maybe he's also a fan
0: Maybe he's also a Kid Rock fan, because at the very beginning of the song, I love this confidence. Kid Rock comes out and says, my name is Kid!
2: <laughs>
0: and, he, and he holds that for like, how many seconds? Kid! Kid <laughs> Rock! <laughs> like Just the confidence to announce your name right at the gate, just in case anybody was unsure. Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: how I'm going to do all my intros from now on in the podcast. Yeah. My name is Kid.